Welcome to Rigori, the podcast that's going to put the doom and gloom into the Azuri tonight. We promised you a podcast and we're men of our word despite the misery that's currently being transmitted between us. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi, Football Italia scribe and long-term Azuri sufferer and I'm joined by my more miserable than usual cousin Marco. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm I'm great. Never been better. <laughs> uh, I should say at the top of this episode that uh, there may well be swearing in this episode, and when I say may well, I mean there will be swearing in this episode, <laughs> and po- so possibly in more than one language. I would imagine exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, where to begin, Marco? Really? I mean, this was a, a disaster night for the Azuri. It started. I mean, I thought they started off playing reasonable football. Cut the. North Macedonia open, but it it fizzled out badly, and then caught with the second shot on goal that the the visitors managed. I mean, a nice a nice enough shot down at the bottom corner. But I mean, when when did you start to feel it wasn't going to be Italy's night? Was it when Chiro Immobile uh, was on the team sheet? Well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, we can dissect this in many ways, but I felt maybe after about 70 minutes you felt that, and that's always the case in a game like that, isn't it? Where you play decent football, but you don't do anything, and then you can sense that the players almost start to lose a bit of belief that something's going to happen as well. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a complete and utter disaster, and frankly, it's embarrassing. I, I don't want to have this sound like sour grapes because fair play to North Macedonia but honestly if Portugal don't beat them by a few goals I will be pretty astonished to be to be truthful because they were a competent team but a team with any sort of cutting edge would have scored a few goals tonight and the, that is what we lack. The, the, I mean the proof of that was Mimo Berardi's chance when the ball was rolled out to him mm-hmm. and he couldn't stick it in the net. I mean, I don't know, you know, we have to ask what what goes on when, you know, when these boys put on the shirt of the national team, is it just too much pressure because they've been scoring goals for fun and to have that, to not, I mean, uh, you could say he made the keeper make a save, but to not put that one in the net for a man of his ability was just, astonishing and you're right especially in the first half I thought North Macedonia made mistake after mistake in trying to clear it Italy were picking it up they were coming on to them and surely to goodness if there'd been somebody there with the 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 skill the composure to and and the confidence I think yeah the character exactly that to take a to take a shot whereas it seemed almost like Everyone wanted to pass it to someone else to let mm-hmm. them. The, the the man I'd exempt from it was Marco Verratti. I thought he mm-hmm. was pretty he was great. amazing, yeah. you know, and and you could see that, you know, he he made the team tick as he always does, and he, and he just looked back to physical fitness or whatever. And as I say, against modest ish opposition, looked looked outstanding, but. The the front line was was toothless and just everyone really as I say they worked their way into shooting positions and then contrived to brave tackles whatever you know yeah. whatever you might say but nonetheless you're right a, a team with some character a team with some players with some oomph about them would have would have found the net. 
It, it was the sort of game, though, that where you felt like if we had got one, we could have probably scored three or four because they it would have changed how they played. But at the same time, you know, it just I, I'm I'm going to have a go at Immobile here, but um, I think you know all of the front line bear a responsibility for it. But he he once again was completely useless. I don't think he had one shot that that was going on target even before it hit a man. We had that. And he had a run. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, yeah. I was only going to say he had one, I think it was in the second half, there was a run through on goal where he, he started off in a good mm-hmm. position and he contrived to turn it into a terrible position. I, I know he's not got huge pace, but I mean, he scored a lovely goal against Fiorentina in that very position and yet he let himself be caught and that was it the, the chance had the chance had gone and he's he, well he yeah this... i mean i i think the trouble with him is he obviously has a confidence issue and i think as the game goes on the more poorly he does the more he loses confidence i mean yeah that chance was terrible he ended up just running towards the the, the, the left hand side of the pitch and uh, yeah insigne who i said in the last episode i don't think he's been on form that that much so but against North Macedonia you thought he might be able to do something but not really and then Berardi I thought Berardi played quite well but at the same time he didn't have that cutting edge um, and Mancini's squad selection not, not I'm not even talking about Balotelli, no Balotelli but I'm talking about for the game tonight to leave all out Scamacca and Belotti for all their you know uh, problems that they may have means that you don't have a direct substitute for your main striker and I don't know if it was a sort of confidence thing to try and give to Immobile and say look I do, you're going to be the man tonight I don't need anyone to replace you directly but it was an odd decision because it left us with him on the pitch doing absolutely nothing for so long and then João Pedro came on at the end to Possibly have the shortest Italy career in history. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It was uh, that was baffling, as you see. And it just you, you think you'd want, uh, you know, when when our nice-ish football hadn't produced a goal, you were crying out for somebody to score a scrappy goal, really. And yeah. you know, Belotti's a man for that. Possibly mm-hmm. Scamacca's got you know power. It was offering you something different. Um, to to leave those cards yeah. up the sleeve seemed a seemed an odd seemed an odd choice as I say you know, as you say maybe it was to send to Chiro the message that you know we had faith in him but I don't I don't know now you know the, I guess the Inquisition will start as to how much faith we have in in these players and you know going forward what's the you know what's the how big are revolutions needed because how do you go from being European champions to sitting watching the World Cup on the well, telly. And, and also being European champions where we were, like, uh, we were the best team last summer. You know, we did play good football and we beat good teams and we scored good goals. Uh, now, obviously, I think a huge, two huge players that are missing are Spinazzola and Chiesa. They they make a difference because they're direct. They make They run at people and they get past people. And we don't seem to have anyone like that. Berardi did it a bit, but yeah, we don't we don't have that ability to be more direct, and we end up passing it around, and it looks very pretty, but it it doesn't result in clear cut chances. I mean, their keeper looked awful 
in the first half, certainly. And we didn't really taste him. It's a disgrace. No, you're right. Kiza is the ma- he takes the responsibility. That's what we're talking mm-hmm. about. You know, he will. Yeah. yeah, he'll get it wrong sometimes, but he'll just get back up and do it again. Get back up, do mm-hmm. it again. That that's his style. And there wasn't really anybody in that team that seemed to even. You know, the, 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 all the boys that came on as well were like, you know, it was like they were yep. looking for a pass. Pellegrini got through and it was like he was looking for somebody to cross it to rather than shoot. Mm-hmm. And the number of times I was just jumping up and down, shouting, shoot, shoot, would somebody, yeah. would somebody shoot? And it barely did, as I say, although, you know, I saw some stat of like a total attempts was, I know it was racking up towards nearly 30, but the number, yep. of, the number of shots on goal, difference really was no, no. wasn't big at all i think it was no. maybe four shots to two or something you know yeah. so so you know in those circumstances you know you can't really be too churlish about going out you know although you know they didn't spend a lot of time in italy's half at all possession was was dominated by the azuzi but then you know if you don't if you don't create turn that into goals and as you say one goal could uh i don't even know if one goal would have turned their mindset, I think it might have mm-hmm. taken two, to be honest. Certainly, you know, early in the game, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I think two, you know, towards the end, one one towards the end would have seen them them push forward. But I think I think you're right by sort of seventy minutes in, if I was North Macedonian I'd be thinking, This team hasn't got anything. You yeah. know, what I mean, you yeah. know, we've been not great and yet they've barely troubled their goalie. So, you know, I think then they must have been feeling quite confident and, you know, the boy pulls out a, a wonder goal to, to, to get them through. But, I mean, where, where <laughs> other than not the guitar, where do Italy go from here, Margot? Who goes out? Will the knives be out for Mancini? Or do we think he's still got, you know, does he get some credit? I don't know. It's, it's difficult. It's, does he want to be there, really? I mean, does he really want to... Hang around, do another Euros, you know, because I think what he wanted to do was go to a World Cup and see if he could win a World Cup. Is he going to hang around that long? I don't know. And you know, he won us the Euros. He did develop a great team spirit, and he had us playing nice football. So I'm reluctant to say he should go, but at the same time, he's lost a qualif. You know, he's lost a knockout game to North Macedonia at home. Um, which is enough to get most managers sacked. I would say <laughs> yeah. the only the only question I would say is, is who would take over from him. I don't know. And and then the other issue is the, is the playing side of things. Uh, Nicolato, the under twenty one coach, pointed out that there's no teams playing young Italians. You yeah. know, he's having to go look at Serie C for uh-huh. strikers and things. I mean, it's a load of a load of shit i said we would swear <laughs> yeah, no but yeah, I, I just right. I, I just don't see how uh what what the solution is unless there is a sort of you know what there needs to be is a sort of um root and branch thing where there is an active effort to make sure young italians get playing time and then we'll get these get players through i mean we still have good players verati is a world-class player Chiesa is a world-class player. Spinazzola, when he's fit, which is rare, <laughs> is a world-class player. Um, so we've still got good players, but we don't have a lot of depth, I think, and I think that's what the, this has shown. Uh, the other thing I feel is that, you know, that was 
he had time to work with him last summer. There was magic that mm-hmm. he performed there. You know, there, there, yeah. there is something special about tournament football that just something clicks or it doesn't click. And it clicked there for Italy in the summer. It clicked yeah. when they had Spinazzola in the side. Then when he went out, even that was a sort of spur to the team to like, we'll win it for him. You know, mm-hmm. there was a great attitude. Whereas here he had three days to throw a team together. I, yeah. I, I still think should have been able to throw a team together to beat North Macedonia. Then whether it was going to be good enough to beat Portugal, that's another question. But, you know, he did have time to work with them and mailed them into squad. And that's always a complaint of national team managers. That it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to do that. But you're right. Mm-hmm. Then, then you do look and say, well, where's the, where's the next generation? I mean, I thought the, you know, for what it was worth, the defence was fine in that game. It didn't have a lot to do. It did no. fine, only switched off for for that shot, and boom, there, there you go. You know, so there, there are boys, there are boys. There a bit of a worry that you're having to go back to Florencia, an old yeah. an old stager at right back, and you know Emerson certainly solid, but but not spectacular yeah. on on the other side. I still think that midfield unit with Verratti is strong, although Barella looked out of sorts really as, yeah, as well definitely. in that game where I'd, I'd thought he was getting back to his old self for Inter but he didn't show anything um, tonight to really give to give encouragement and I think that unit was you know that was the heart of the team really that was what what made us tick and you know just just toothless up front you know I mean you can uh, you love Immobile more than more than most but the, the whole the whole front line as you see I, th- I thought Bernardi had some nice moments but just that it, my judgment would be clouded by that shot that you know just yeah, as I see absolutely. it was it was his shot as well it was opened up perfect for him it was on his yeah. left foot you know normally he would just and he sort of scuffed it and yeah, hit it with his heel yeah yeah and then it, it rolled along the ground in yeah. a pitiful back pass really it was it was horrible and then as nobody that came on Tonali whoever they didn't make a difference really either not in a good way anyway and. Then at high, the, the the final was. I mean, everyone in this house had their jacket on, ready to go home with five minutes to go because they were so they were so disgusted. And that it's mm-hmm. you know it's going to be hard to pick them up off the floor from that and say you know right now we go again well, in the nations I mean, league or or the well the, no, that's what that's you do wonder if that is why you know for all Mancini has done and he has to. I don't think we should throw. Out everything he's done, he wanted. He was a major part of why we won the Euros. Um, but do you need a new manager to sort of say, right, this is a new project, and you have, and you sort of cleanse the slate, and you have a few of the older guys, you keep Verratti and stuff, but maybe it is time for for some of the others, hopefully Chiro and some of the others, to move on, and you start again, and you start with a younger team. In the knowledge, maybe that you're building something, so results might not come immediately, but that there is something for people to get excited about. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just worry that these players, and you know, some of these players have missed out on two World Cups now. They've failed in these games. Um, that's a psychological thing that will hang around them forever in the in the Azzurri shirt. So, and do, and do you change the? You know, the one thing that. What I admired, of have admired about Mancini is that he's made us uh, an attacking side. He's made us a side mm-hmm. that goes out and imposes ourselves yep. 
on a game. But is that, do we have the players to do it? That's the other question. I would well, ask you, I mean, do you think yeah. that, is it a case of like, you know, when Capello succeeded Saki, you know, you become more pragmatic and you go back to old Italian ways? Maybe, or or know, do but... we have, because where, where would you say, you know, uh, we, we, we kick immobile, but where is the man that's going to score us a bag full of goals? He's, he's not there really, is he? I mean, I don't see him No, ha- but I mean, I suppose, you, I suppose you look at like, I, I know we've talked about Berardi quite a lot, but I mean, I suppose you look at the Sassuolo front line is a is a youngish front line of, of talent that seem to be able to do it at that level if they have a bit more experience, if they you know, if that was to start to form in the same way that, you know, the UV defence was the the solid thing. You know, if you have that sort of understanding at club level, then that can sometimes translate into international level. Um, no, but it's not, it's, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's not like there's a huge, vast choice, but that's that almost is a structural issue that Italian football needs to decide whether it wants to address it because do, it almost is like, do you need a... Uh, what do they the French thing the Claire Fontaine is that what yeah it is? yeah 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 you know when they sort of rebuilt themselves do you need something like that and do you need the FIGC and the league to sit down and speak to each other and say look we, we want our we want the clubs to do well but we also need our Ita- the Italian players to do well and we need to some come to some sort of way that this can work um, I suppose there might be EU regulations that that prevent such things but you know there there has to be some sort of solution other than I remember at the start of the season looking in the Gazeta and at the starting lineups of the top teams and I think across all of the eight or seven or eight top teams there were maybe 11 Italians in the predicted starting lineup so I mean there's that's a major problem there so no it is no doubt that these boys don't get a chance and then you know they're they're constantly passed over for you know solid foreign yeah. players really you know that that's it because you know they'll you'll get a more consistent level of performance and so you're not you're not getting these players coming through to 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 trouble them so i mean what um i mean how are you planning to spend november and december <laughs> this year then marco what what do you recommend for oh my god that's really bury my head in this <laughs> like i i you know in a when I was younger, this would be even worse because it, I would kind of obsess about it. And I think now I can, maybe it's the years of fallen Venezia, I can numb you to this. <laughs> but hey, I can sort of switch it off a little bit, but it's difficult when there's a tournament on because everyone else is having fun and you're not there kind of a thing. And also, you know, we'll get constant coverage because we live in this country of how England are doing and that is always painful because, you know, it, it, it's not what you want to see. You want your team to be there. You want your team to be part of the party. And it's hard to ignore. It's, it, there isn't a lot you can do. Unless I win the lottery, I won't be able to go away somewhere and just ignore it. <laughs> Although I did see a tweet, which is maybe the line that we should adopt, is that um, I'm so proud of my national team for boycotting the World Cup in, in Qatar. 
it's a reprehensible regime and we've (laughs) done our bit to take a stand against them. That's right. No, you're absolutely right. That's why Berardi didn't hit that shot with conviction because he could see that by scoring it, all he was doing was propping up a heinous heinous (laughs) human rights abuse. So he decided to roll it straight into the goal. I mean, I'm going to finish on a note that again will sound like sour grapes and it isn't because we didn't beat North Macedonia at home. We don't deserve to be there. But it is odd to me that the, the UEFA grouping has this system now where you know, it, potentially Italy and Portugal could miss out on a World Cup. And these are teams that, and uh, you know, fans of other countries will say, well, hang on a second, I don't care, I want my country there, which is fair enough. But on a on a sort of global level, FIFA want the bigger teams to be there because it's a more attractive thing and, you know, you get these epic matches and stuff like that. So it, it is odd that they've changed the, playoff system to be this system that can result in these sorts of things but at the same time I'm not using that as an excuse it's just an observation we were crap and we deserve to be there yeah no no I mean but it will be hard because you know that through qualifying routes and in other areas there'll be teams there that you know, are, uh, while Italy weren't great, there'll be teams there that are a lot poorer. And I know it's a World Cup, so you want a global representation. Mm-hmm. But I think also you want your biggest and best nations there as mm-hmm. well. And so, you know, that's a that's an issue. But uh, as you say, I mean, hats off to North Macedonia. They did what they set out to do, you know, and that'll be, yep. you know, be plenty of people celebrating that I don't know if there's a North Macedonian Rigori podcast but there'll be two cousins from Skopje or wherever that are (laughs) currently having great times whilst whilst we're sitting here greeting into our Greeting into our prosecco or whatever, so um, it's it's onwards and it's onwards and downwards from from here really. Uh, yeah, hard, hard to be positive with anything. I mean, I suppose the only positive is that you don't need to listen to us this weekend or on Tuesday because we don't. Have yeah, well, that was yeah, that yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, we've spared you that. We've spared you that yeah. torture that Tuesday night settle down, get you know, that book you've been meaning to read for a while. <laughs> exactly. Crack it crack it open and get that because we were planning a but we'll not be doing one from the Portugal North Macedonia game. No. I can assure you okay. I can assure you of that. I'll still be here crying and cursing and swearing, I think, because it was yeah, just yeah. as I say, you know, that's I mean, in my lifetime we'd never missed the World Cup and no, now, no. now we've missed two back to back. And I, I know uh, the only thing I'd say is, which is, you know, um, if you'd been offered last summer a deal with the devil and he'd said, you know, here's the thing, Marco, you can win the European Nations, you can beat England at Wembley in the final, but the price to pay is you'll miss another World Cup. Would you have shaken hands on that deal? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think I probably would have as well, to be honest. You know, I mean, I'd take the, the pleasure now for the future for the future pain, you know, because we've done so badly at European nations and not, you know, hadn't won them for so long that, yeah, it was, it was great. So on balance, that probably still, I think, keeps Mancini's sort of record in credit, but it's, mm-hmm. it's certainly taken a big, it's taken a big blow 
um, and and, uh, yeah, and any, anything else you know that that goes wrong, I think would be um, would be. I mean, I had I, I forbid all the people that were in the house with me tonight watching the game from mentioning the penalties that Jorginho missed in the qualifying <laughs> group. But now <laughs> I think we can let rip with the full <laughs> with the full frustration that if we just have scored one of the bloody things, yeah, we yeah, could have been yeah. we wouldn't have been sitting here. Um, feeling so, no, I know. Feeling and so it's, it's difficult to know, isn't it? Because uh, the trouble is, as well, people will say, "Well, you were shit tonight," and so what difference would it made? You'll be crap in the World Cup. But we are a tournament team. We know how to build a way into a tournament. It doesn't matter how you get there. Um, it's once you're there, and if Mancini had time to build the same sort of spirit, then you never know what would have happened. So that's the frustrating thing. That's the thing you're missing out on. Um, I'll be interested to see what his decision is. I think he might decide that he's resigning um, and then the question is who do we have next I, d- I just don't know there's no candidate that jumps out at me there's um, nobody obvious really I don't think sitting on the sitting on the sidelines waiting to waiting to come in but you know maybe they've listened to a couple of our podcasts they might get in touch with one of us I don't know you know it could be that Rinaldi for Italy could be the next could be the next <laughs> regime if they're really desperate <laughs> But uh, uh, we wind it up at that, Marco, and go I think so. to bed I think and cry. Go to bed I mean, no one's going to be listening to this unless they're North Macedonian. Anyway. No, that's right. <laughs> or, no Italian fans. Or, no, or, 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 or masochistic. That was what yeah, you yeah, were going to yeah. say. So it's only for the Macedonian or the masochist, yeah. this particular yeah. episode. But we'll be back with our usual upbeat view of Serie A, Venezia yep. and Fiorentina fans. We'll be back with that um, in, in due course a week, a week's time. Give us a week to recover. Um, it might yep. it might well take longer than that, to be honest. But if anyone's made it this far, then you know, keep the faith, Forza Azzurri, and all that, and we will we will be back mm-hmm. at some stage. <laughs> yeah, we will be back. definitely. Just go and watch the YouTube videos of the Euros. Absolutely, that's, that's all. <laughs> we'll always have Wembley. That's what. I'm exactly. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Okay, bye. Goodbye.